Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Kei te whakaronga mai koe ki tō tato ao horihori, ki te reo erirangi o Aotearoa. I'm Alison Balance and this is Our Changing World on RNZ. Now, climate scientist James Renwick from Victoria University of Wellington is a familiar voice in the media talking about climate change. And that public outreach has earned him the 2018 Prime Minister's Science Communication Prize. He says that the science showing that it is us humans causing rapid global warming is undeniable. Through the 90s and early 2000s, I spent most of my time thinking about seasonal variation, seasonal forecasting, what El Nino is doing in the tropical Pacific, how that's affecting the Pacific Islands, how that might affect the summer in New Zealand, all of those kinds of things. And really, that's still my patch, I would say, when I'm doing research That's what I think about, you know, what are the westerly winds doing? Is there something going on in the tropics that might be affecting New Zealand or Antarctica? What's Antarctic sea ice up to? All of those kinds of things. The ups and downs and the variations in the southern hemisphere climate really fascinate me. So when did you become aware, or have you always known about, the rapid climate change that we've been undergoing for the past few decades? I first started thinking about climate change and just what's going on. I suppose when I was fairly early in my career at the Met Service as a researcher there in the 1980s. So from the period when the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change got started, but it's really only in the last 20 years that I've devoted a lot of effort to it. And as the issue has become more obvious, my effort and and the work of my colleagues here at Victoria, at NIWA, at other um, universities and institutions has has ramped up as the evidence has increased. So has it always been clear to you that it's been human activity driving the speed of the change? Yes, and the science has been well known for a very long time. Actually it's 40 years ago this year there was a very famous report put out by the National Academy of Sciences in the US, the so-called Charney Report. Actually, I've got a copy on my shelf over there. It's a very slim volume. It's 20-odd pages of text written over the course of a week or so, and it summarised what we know about climate change in broad terms extremely well, and the basic science hasn't changed for at least 40 years. And the really basic science about how greenhouse gases affect the climate has been well known for over a century. So... There's nothing too new in climate science. We know a lot more detail now, but the basic drivers have never been in question for, well, more than my lifetime. But despite all this scientific Mm. certainty, there's still been a lot of people out there who deny it, who go, nah, it's not us. That's right, and that's a really interesting uh, social science problem, you might say. And there are some good reasons sometimes for why people might say that. There are all sorts of things affect the climate. And, and one of the real triumphs of science in the last century has been to come to understand 
things like ice ages, how the climate does vary and how it has varied in the past, quite naturally, these ups and downs in temperature and greenhouse gases, sea level, all of that, are very well understood now. And they only reinforce the role of greenhouse gases, especially carbon dioxide in the climate system. So it is possible to take the point of view that what's happening today is a a natural event that has nothing to do with humans. But really, we're at a point where that is in denial of the fact that we know that human activity is what's caused the increase in greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. And we know that's what's causing the warming. So really, you know, if you have a knowledge of climate history and and geology, say, you can make that claim that it is consistent with some of the variations that have happened in the past, but you're not really fronting up to the evidence of what's happening today, which has actually nothing much to do with what happened 100,000 or 100 million years ago. Different causes have brought about different changes. So what happened, what caused a change in the climate a long time ago doesn't necessarily bear on what's going on today. And the reality is a lot of the disagreement and denial around climate change has been orchestrated. It's, It's very well documented now that especially oil companies, fossil fuel companies, have funded disinformation Two historians of science, Naomi Oreskes and Eric Conway, wrote a very nice book several years ago now called Merchants of Doubt that traces the story from tobacco companies casting doubt on studies linking smoking and cancer through to throwing doubt on spray cans and CFCs with the ozone hole, industrial pollution and acid rain, and so on and so forth, and through to greenhouse gases and climate change. And there are some of the same individuals who've been involved in all of those campaigns, and it is very well known that oil companies especially have deliberately tried to muddy the waters, and I think that is still going on, basically. Maybe maybe not to the extent it was, I'm, I'm not sure, but there are definitely people out there who are funded to cast doubt on the science. So are you as a scientist doing anything to try and counter that? I'm active in putting forward the science and explaining what's really going on. I personally haven't gone after particular people who deny the science, although I was involved in a small way in the the court case that Niwa was uh, involved in a few years ago where a group called the Climate Science uh, Education Trust here in New Zealand claimed that Niwa was fudging the numbers around New Zealand temperatures and of course that was silly, it was rubbish and uh, it was thrown out of court after a lot of toing and froing. It did lead to a really careful re-analysis of all of the temperature data used in New Zealand and we have a much stronger case now that temperatures are indeed going up and we've had a degree or so of warming in New Zealand in the last century, we know that very, very well. So being involved in that case... Perhaps you could say that's a contribution I've made to directly fighting the denial campaign. And of course I get a lot of emails from individuals who like to argue with me about the science, so I try to respond to all of those. But apart from that, really, I see my role as just to get out there and put what we know of the science across in ways that hopefully people can understand. So basically you do that by talking to whoever invites you to talk to them? 
Yes, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I am asked to, to speak often these days, both to public groups like Rotary Clubs or school groups, that kind of thing. But um, also, yeah, I'm, I'm interviewed uh, in the media quite a lot. So you come across a lot of ordinary citizens then. What are the kinds of things they're saying to you? What are their concerns? Yeah, I, I, I haven't struck a lot of pushback, you might say. The audiences I've spoken to are concerned. It's always, what can I do? What do I as an individual citizen do to help fight climate change, to help stop the climate from changing? So there's a lot of desire out in the public to take action, to be motivated. So my conversations with audiences after giving some presentation on the science of climate change is usually around what action you can now take. And the first thing I always tell people is to to talk, to make sure that the members of your family, your workplace, your neighbourhood uh, and your political representatives, you know, local government and central government know that you understand this is an issue and you really need to see action taken. So the more people who understand the problem and the more people who feel motivated to to make a noise about the problem, the better. So I think that's, that's a good practical action everybody can take. And I also talk about um, how we can all live lower carbon lifestyles with electric vehicles and public transport and all of those things, which is great, but... Really, we need changes in the way our economies and societies operate, and that's that's about governments really incentivising moves to renewable energy, renewably powered transport, electric cars, and so on and so forth, planting lots of trees, some of the things the government are now doing. But it's that conversation with the public that I tend to have most often, not so much the science, but how we react to it and how we can make the future better, how we can make our communities more resilient. What is winning the Prime Minister's Science Communication Prize going to do? It comes with some money? (laughs) Yes, it does. It comes with a pretty substantial prize. So there's $50,000 to go towards furthering my science communication activities. And one of the things I've got involved in over the last year or so is with the Track Zero Trust is looking at how the arts and the sciences can work together to tell stories about climate change. Uh, We all know that the facts are pretty boring, actually, even though they're kind of striking and frightening. Graphs and numbers don't really do it for a lot of people. It's stories that connect with the emotions. You know, It's really touching the heart rather than the head that actually gets people on board and gets people motivated. So I've thought for a long time that artistic expression, whether that's a story, a song, painting, a dance, whatever, those are the things that we connect with because they tell stories. So I've I've often thought it would be great to join up with arts practitioners and see where we can go with expressing some of the science. So I was approached a year or two ago by Sarah Meads, who runs the Track Zero Trust, about getting involved in this thing, and it struck me as really exciting. So so that happened, and that's been a, a component of my proposal for what I would do with this funding, partly to support the, the goals of the Trust, and partly to further that kind of activity. So I'm thinking of running a workshop where we bring 
scientists and artists together and have a kind of a, a speed dating thing, I suppose you might say, where we aim to create partnerships so we can use the science to inform the art and the art to inform the science. So I have a couple of other ideas. We'll just have to see how we go with the first steps with this, but um, that's the general area I'm planning on using the prize money for. When it comes to climate change and when it comes to the size and the speed with which we as a world need to respond to rein it in, do you feel optimistic or pessimistic? I'd have to say I don't feel either. I think optimism's a bit strong. Things are already changing and the future is bound to be at least a little worse in terms of climate extremes than it is now. But I, I would say I feel determined. I think we have the, the technology, we know what to do. It is still possible to stop global warming at one and a half degrees or if not that, maybe not much beyond that. But it does require leadership and it does require courage Governments have to step forward especially and say this is the absolute priority and here's what we're doing. And societies, countries can be mobilised to make big changes in, in a hurry provided they feel the urgency and the need to do it. So I, I'm optimistic about that coming to the fore in the next few years but I do appreciate it as a huge problem and a huge ask. So we have to be realistic about what's going to happen. The way I see it, my contribution so far and, and into the future is just to keep spreading the word, to keep talking about the problem, as well as helping to facilitate some of the research on the climate system. I have taken on a role of a communicator in this area, so I'm, I'm very happy to do that. I'm always ready to talk about <laughs> climate change at any barbecue, and I think it is a really important thing to do. It's one of the most important things for anyone to do is to talk about this issue because whenever there's a problem, talking about it is always good. Spreading the word and getting ideas from as many people as possible is definitely a way to get on top of this issue, like, like any other. So, yes, definitely, I will keep talking. Thanks, James. That was climate scientist James Renwick from Victoria University of Wellington and winner of the 2018 Prime Minister's Science Communication Prize. I'm Alison Balance and this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ first aired on the 14th of March 2019. You can find this story again as well as stories on other winners in the 2018 Prime Minister's Science Prizes at our webpage rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. We are also a podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Radio Public. The Kākāpō Files podcast continues to keep up with all the breaking Kākāpō news. Find that online at rnz.co.nz slash Kākāpō and in all the usual podcast places. RNZ's chemistry podcast Elemental, celebrating 150 years of the periodic table of elements, is up to arsenic and astatine. You can subscribe to Elemental as a podcast and find it at rnz.co.nz slash chemistry. I'm posting all of these on the Our Changing World webpage as well, by the way. Check out the podcast page at rnz.co.nz for other new podcasts. There's a new series of Bang about sex and sexuality, as well as the worst sitcom ever made, which is a look at failure. Stay in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter, where we are RNZ Science. Many thanks for your company. Bye for now. Matewa. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.